You can do Nayania Baria, Nayania Manania Manania. You can do Nayania Baria, Nayania Manania Manania. From the New South Wales Aboriginal Land Council, this is the A Cupper and a Yarn podcast. Hello and welcome to A Cuppa and a Yarn from the New South Wales Aboriginal Land Council. My name's Michelle Alexandrovix Lovegrove. My guest this episode is Mahalia Murphy, Gamilaroi woman and one of the brightest stars in Australian rugby. Mahalia is known for her lightning speed and ability to find the try line and has played for Australia on some of the biggest stages around the world. But although donning gold has been a mission, it's one of many as her life story unfolds. Mahalia says her success is possible because of hard work, taking advantage of opportunities and the solid support of her family and community. I hope you enjoy A Cuppa and a Yarn with Mahalia Murphy. Mahalia Murphy, welcome to A Cuppa and a Yarn. Thank you for having me. Now, uh, we'll start at the beginning, as I do with people when we sit down and have a yarn. Uh, Who's your mob? Um, so my mob's um, Olga Millery, um, from northwest of New South Wales. Okay, but you live in uh, Sydney? Yep, I was born in Blacktown Hospital and I grew up in um, Doonside, which is the western suburbs of Sydney. Right, and you're currently living in, um, in Marylands, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, me and my partner have just recently moved to Marylands, um, you know, got our own house together, so it's good to have our own space and um, cl- much closer to where I work, so um, it's a bit easier for me to get to training. Yeah, fantastic. And it's a real, um, I guess, up-and-coming area just around that part of Western Sydney, sort of finding. There's a lot, everything's there, basically, that you could need. Yeah, definitely. I think um, where I'm living now is a really convenient spot. You know, everything that I need is close by, and I think it's very central from my family as well to the city as well. So I'm kind of in between... Um, halfway to my family and to the city, so it's good. It's Perfect. very good. Yeah. So your family's in Doonside, Blacktown area? Yeah, my immediate family's in Doonside, um, and my extended family's all from Walgett, so they're all out wow. west. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's where my mum's from. Yeah, God bless. So with your family, with growing up, what was it like growing up in Doonside as a child? Uh, I really enjoyed growing up in Doonside. Um, I felt like Doonside was such a community... Um, feel Um, and I think that you know the community like it was just one of those communities where everyone kind of knew each other and knew what everyone was doing and um, just very supportive of each other as well so if you've seen someone you know growing up through doing footy like everyone would know about it and they'd support that person and then you know that ongoing support was there yeah Mm. is it still like that yeah I definitely feel like it is so you know um from when I started, that's where I basically started doing my sport was in Doonside. So um, a lot of people kind of, you know, could see the potential in me. And then once I started to, you know, move up the ranks of um, representing Australia, uh, you know, a lot of people were proud to say, you know, I know that girl, you know, we used to train together, we used to play together. Um, so we stay very strong, connect, uh, you know, connected to each other and um, their support's been amazing. And they're, they're a big part of why I am where I am today. So with growing up there as a child, you know, you, you got siblings? Yeah, I have two sisters and a brother okay any interesting stories or something funny or any childhood memories that you like care to share um yeah well i'm the i'm the baby of the family I, so oh, i was the one that that was so <laughs> overprotective of and um my older sister Hinny, she's um passed away now but um 
she was always the protective one of me. So she, when my other sister, um, Venus, and my brother, you know, would pick on me or they wouldn't let me do something, my older sister would be there to be like, you know, let her play with you, you know, stop picking on her. So she was always the protective one of me and um, I was the one that was just the sookie, you know, that wanted to be a part of everything. But, um, you know, they wanted to hang with their friends and they were like, well, you can't do this. This is all, you know, for the adults and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, I want to be a part of that. Mm. I want to play that as well because... Um, Know, where we lived as well was really good because we lived in a cul-de-sac so everyone in the street knew each other and we'd always go out after school and do things together and that was really awesome um, but yeah I think like that's something that I remember from my childhood as siblings uh, the ones that I used to want to be a part of wouldn't let me be a part of them as much as I'd like to be but my older sister um, would always be the protective one to be like you know let her be part of it let her do it let her have fun mm. um, but you know I think um, growing up as well like our family really struggled as well because when I was four years old, mum had a car accident and she was in hospital for about a year and a half. And oh, yeah, my older sister ended up moving away to Walgett. She moved away to Walgett. And then my sister, Venus, um, kind of had to take the responsibility of me and my brother. And um, my dad was working night shifts. So he was kind of away when we'd finished school and stuff like that. So my older sister kind of took over. And she was about 16, 17 at that age. So she was at the back end of high school. Um, and she was also going through that phase where she thought she knew what she wanted and she had you know, control of doing whatever she wanted to do. And we really struggled because mum was away at the hospital, dad was at you know, night Working. shift work. So it was just our, us siblings at home and you know, trying to learn as well from my older siblings, it was, which is what I did. Um, just seeing you know, their experiences and what they've done and stuff like that, I kind of learnt from my older siblings. So we ended up moving away to my nan's in Canamble um, because my mum was away and it was just too much for our family. There. Um, for my sister, you know, at that age, at a young mm. age, trying to take the responsibility of looking after me and my brother was a bit too much for her and she was kind of like losing herself as well. Um, so we moved away to Canamble and then when mum came back home, we all moved back home together in Doonside. And um, yeah, mum was getting a lot of like medical attention, you know, so people would come home, and, you know, every day of the week to come and, you know, change mum's leg, like, because mum's leg was really badly damaged and her arms and. She, oh she had five surgeries in one year, so she was really struggling physically, you know, to be there for us as well. Um, so, wow. yeah, so she'd have a lot of medical attention throughout the week and um, it was it was hard to see mum sit like that in the house and not be able to do anything for herself. So she was very dependent on us and, you know, we'd always try and help her any, as much as we could for her. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. When you're, you're saying the physical impact on her, obviously, but... You know, they're emotional and psychological. Yeah, definitely. You know, like knowing mum as well, like hearing all the stories before, you know, the accident, she was a very hardworking woman and very fit um, and, you know, very much like what me and my siblings were like at a younger age, very active, you know, wanting to do every sport. So that's what, you know, I feel like we get it from as our mother. Um, but now it's made, made a massive, like, physical effect on her. She can't, you know, she can't really walk any longer than five metres and then, you know, her legs start to ache and then um, she's doing hydrotherapy at the moment so it kind of like helps her to get moving in the water. It just takes the weight off her because she's gained a lot of weight from the accident and not being able to move. But I think, um, you know, it gives us and my siblings, you know, me and my siblings that drive to kind of, you know, want to make her proud and make her feel like, you know, she's done something for us in a way as well. So she definitely has, you know, despite being in the car accident and not being in there, you know, for a year and a half for us um, physically. But, you know, we knew... She, she had to kind of get better and, you know, bring her home and so she can be there for us. I have read a bit about you with you crediting very much so as one of your greatest supporters is your mum. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, she definitely is. And I think, you know, when she came home and, you know, because I was the baby and my older siblings didn't finish school, like they didn't finish through year 12, she was always wanting me to be that person that would finish year 12. So um, she'd always, you know, encourage me to go to school every day. She'd encourage me to, you know, compete in sports and stuff like that because I was very active, active as a kid. Growing up, like I, as I said, like I learnt from my siblings, watching them do, you know, what they did, at, you know, in high school and in primary school. So I learnt from them and, you know, after the incident that happened with mum being in the car accident, like I really wanted to make mum proud. So I was always going to school. I would always compete in, you know, school activities that were available and, you know, I'd try and be the best I, w- I could be because I was such a com- competitive little kid. And, um, yeah, once I finished high school, you know, mum was like, you know, you, you're really good at working with communities and, you know, you know good at being in sports so like why don't you do something in that you know in that industry so she had always encouraged me to do stuff um so then I actually went down an hour after school and um started policing so I did policing through the indigenous program okay oh the IPROUD yeah Yeah. so I studied that down in Bomaderry um down south and moved away from home for about six to eight months and I would you know study throughout the week and then on a Friday night I'd come back home to mum's and then I'd play league and union on the on the weekends, um, and then on Sundays I'd go back on the train, and then I'd study throughout the week again. So um, I completed my studies through policing, and then um, you know come back on the weekends, and then once I finished studying policing, I moved back with mum um, and just really found passion for rugby after I started playing on the weekends with my older sister. I started doing that on the weekends, and then that's how I kind of started to be where I am today. From the New South Wales Aboriginal Land Council, this is A Cuppa and a Yarn. Yeah. You're listening to A Cuppa and a Yarn. I'm Michelle Alexandrovix Lovegrove and I'm speaking with Mahalia Murphy. Uh, we're sitting in a cafe having a bit of a, a bit of a cuppa and a yarn, a little bit of food as well. You were really into athletics uh, and then it's rugby league and, and, and rugby union, etc. So did all that start quite young for you? Yeah, um, as I said, like when I was when I was little, um, yeah. I was a very active kid, um, and just naturally fast, um, and everyone could see that about me. And I think from the moment that Kathy Freeman won the gold medal at the um, at the 2000 Olympics, um, I kind of set my eye on that, and that was my goal was to go to the Olympics and you know hopefully, you know win a gold medal. So when I was in school, primary school, I would compete in the athletics carnivals and. Um, you know, once I finished primary school, I had been offered a, um, a scholarship to go to Hill Sports High School, um, which was a, there was a program there called TSP, and it's a talented sport program, and you'd go there for your selective sport, and mine was athletics, and we'd train two days a week throughout the week, and then, um, you know, compete in your sporting activities, so I'd go and compete in, the, you know, sprinting, jumping for athletics, and um, was fortunate enough to go all the way to nationals, um, so that's how I kind of started athletics was um, just being an active kid and then, you know, having the potential to be a sprinter and a jumper. So that's what I did um, in high school. And then I really set my focus on being, you know, an, an athlete. And that's where I think it kick-started for athletics for me was through high school. Mm-hmm. So how did the league come in? How did the union come in? League came in first, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, after league, um, after athletics, I started playing league for my local team, yeah. um, Doonside. So, um, we would play on the Saturdays and I'd go down and, play, you know, train with the girls throughout the week and then we'd play on a Saturday in the women's competition. Um, and then it was 
probably within a month that the Rugby 15s came up and that's when my older sister was playing. So I um, started playing with them. So I was doing both union and league on the weekends um, and was juggling that for a couple of years, yeah. Mm. Well, I've got here, look, I've got all my little notes here. This is other notes. But I've got her lightning speed has seen her pick to represent Australia in both sevens and fifteens. This is in the in the rugby union. Yeah, yeah. So you started off in the fifteens, eh? Um, fifteen. Yeah. I started playing fifteens first. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. How did things progress from from there for you? Clearly, quite fast. It did happen pretty quick. So as I said, like I was playing union and league on the weekends, and then um, you know the crew knock up knockout came up, and then I started playing in the crew knockout. So. Dean Witters is, was the Indigenous All-Stars coach at that time, so yeah, right. he kind of selected, you know, from the crew knockout um, and the Queensland Murray Cup up in Queensland, so we kind of got recognised through that as well, for the crew knockout, and then um, when we played for the Indigenous All-Stars, we played against the Australian All-Stars, which was basically the Australian national team, um, so the coach of that was the coach for the Australian team, so he had seen you know me perform for the indigenous all-stars and then i had received an email and asked if i was interested in going to the australian rugby league training camp up in queensland and that was my first kind of insight of the australian team um for league um so i kind of got recognized for that and then i was selected to play against the um new zealand team up in suncorp in 2015 and that's where i made my debut for australia so that was the first time i had been involved with the australian team and and as well as playing rugby 15s on the weekend, um, you know, I was selected for the New South Wales um, rugby 15s team as well. So we were playing at nationals and playing against Queensland and other states. So I was kind of in the system for 15s. And then once I played for that Australian league team, the Australian sevens coach had contacted me because I'm guessing he had watched that, that game, you know, and um, saw potential in me switching codes and... He contacted me within a month after playing for the Australian League team and then that's when it kind of started to happen really quick and then after playing for the Australian League team, I switched over to the Australian Sevens team and that's where we went to Papua New Guinea and played the Pacific Games and then after that tournament, that's when I earned my full-time contract with the Australian Rugby Sevens team. Yeah. You've been to Brazil as well? Like yeah. You've been all over the world. Yeah, we've travelled yeah. a fair few places and Brazil was the place where I debuted actually. So yeah. Yeah. Um, that's where I officially debuted for the Australian Rugby Sevens team in Sao Paulo. How exciting. Yeah. It's, a very, it's very exciting because, you know, as growing up, I was so driven for athletics mm-hmm. um, and, you know, one just one little game, you know, playing with the 15s with my sister's team, which wasn't even planned to be honest, like... It happened because not enough girls had turned up for the game. So I was always the water runner for the team. And then a lot of the girls, yeah. So a lot of the girls didn't actually come to the game and they were asking my mum, can Mahali play for us, you know? Can she jump on the wing um, just for a couple of minutes just to help the girls out because the girls were exhausted with um, having to play the full game with no um, substitute. So mum was like, no, like I don't want her to play because she does the athletics and I don't want her to get injured because she won't be able to run. And then... It wasn't until like the second half of the game that mum was convinced to say yes. Yeah. So mum was like, okay, you know, chuck her on there then. So I jumped <laughs> on the wing. I didn't really understand the game. Like, I didn't know the rules or anything. I just knew that you've got to catch a ball, run, score a try over the line. So that's what I basically <laughs> went with. So the ball was getting closer to me and I just got really nervous. But I was like, just catch a ball, run as fast as you can. And the ball came out to me and I had no idea. And, you know, the girls were so far away, but I just tippy-toed along the sideline and sprinted all the way up along the sideline and just put the ball down. And then I think that's where I realised 
the love for the game because I think it's so different towards athletics because athletics is such an individual sport where it's you against everybody else. Whereas, you know, rugby, it's like a team, inclusive um, teamwork environment. So I think, you know, having other people around you and then, you know, working with people as well was something that I really loved because it was always me against everyone else in athletics. And, um, yeah, I think that's where my passion kind of, you know, really ticked off um, to play rugby. How old were you then? Um, the first time I played with them um, was 14. Right. I was actually 14, but that was only one game. That's yeah. when mum was like, no, you know, no, she has athletics. Um, but then I had to wait until I finished high school to actually play because I wasn't old enough. Right. Yeah, so when I finished high school, that's when I was studying and um, doing the policing program down in Nowra and then I could come back on the weekends because that's when I was old enough. Mm. So then I signed up and started playing league and union on the weekends. What an amazing story. Yeah. But, but that, that story about that, you know, I was the one who, who ran around with the water and it was just you just sort of like fell into it because they had a hole and they were just like put her in yeah thank yeah. you for telling that, that no that, that's, that's okay. really fantastic this is a cup of yarn i'm michelle lovegrove and i'm speaking with uh, mahalia murphy about um how you got started uh in rugby and and, and certainly you know um your sport prowess across your whole life and you know into teen years as well you got your contract so that was after the 2015 australian sevens that's right what happened after that? You, you know, you, I mean, you've represented Australia, but sort of how's that sort of run along for you? Yeah, when I first kind of joined the, the Australian Rugby Sevens team, it was quite intense for me because I wasn't used to that kind of intensity of training. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't exposed to, the, you know, the Australian team um, as quick as I thought I would be. Um, you know, I was playing social footy before that and I had only been two years into playing rugby, so... I was still fairly new and still learning and stuff like that. So when I went there, I went in, you know, the, the most intense part of the season was pre-season. Um, and sevens itself is such an intense sport. You know, you've got seven people on a full field and it's just, you're basically almost in every second ruck because it's just that quick. And then, when, yeah, when I went there and had my first training session, I was just blown away by the intensity and the skill that the girls had and, the, you know, the fitness levels that there was um, across the board of the players and... I just remember thinking, you know, like, this is, this is insane. Like, it's such a great opportunity, but it's, it, I realised it was very tough um, in the first training. But we were prepping to go away to Papua New Guinea, so I was excited, um, knowing that I was going to go away to Papua New Guinea overseas, you know, and play for the Australian Rugby Sevens team. So, yeah, I found it very challenging when I, mm. when I first got into the team um, because of the fitness intensity and, you know, um, having to learn everything and learn so quickly as well. But I really enjoyed it as well. And I think that's what I enjoy about Rugby Sevens is that it's very challenging in many ways. Um, it challenges you, you know, your fitness-wise and to think under fatigue because, you know, most of the time in your field, you're on the field, like you're, you're playing under fatigue because it's so quick and it's only seven-minute halves. So, mm. um, and it seems like 80 minutes because it's like, you know... So intense. It's so intense. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's not as long as, you know, Rugby 15s or Rugby League. Um, but, yeah, it's very challenging. Would you say sevens is more challenging than fifteens, but in a different way? I yeah, guess. it definitely is um, more in, more intense. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel um, mm. for individuals because you know the ball gets passed and you're basically in the rock, and then one minute you're running the ball. Um, whereas fifteens, you know, you got you got your forward pack, you got your back line. Um, you can kind of chill out in the back until your forwards are punching it up. Whereas in sevens, you know, you're passing the ball, you've got to support that person. Um, and then you've got to pass the ball again and then you've got to run, you know. So it's like 
I think in that kind of aspect of fitness, like it's, it's so much more intense and more challenging. But I think 15s is such a long game. So you've got to play 80 minutes. So it's longer halves. But I feel, I personally feel you can play under a lot more quality mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because you, you're not, your heart rate's not up as much as it is in sevens, yeah. Mm. I think, I'm not sure if you are now, so I apologise um, uh, for not being completely up to date. I mean, you were, you were working as a community ambassador? Rugby Australia. Yeah. For Rugby Australia. Yeah, yeah so I would uh, spend a lot of time going out to like rural areas. So I went out to Dubbo, you know, Armadale, Tamworth, um, Ningen. We went out to Ningen and did some like, you know, community work with the kids there. And um, Are you still doing it, that? Uh, not with Rugby Australia, okay. um, but with like Waratahs and... You know, sometimes in here and there, they'll still ask me to do stuff, but I'm not in that role anymore. Um, but I'll, I do, I'm happy to do it anyways because um, I'm still in a part of the rugby community. So um, I'd go out to, you know, different places in Australia and just help encourage kids, you know, where, you know, they don't have the opportunity like a lot of clubs do in Sydney, um, you know, just to give them a bit of inspiration and opportunity to, you know, to feel included into our sport and give them some hope and, you know, some experience of, you know, doing some skills with the rugby ball um, you know playing learning um, about rugby and hearing my story as well because my mom's from Walgett and so I work closely with um, the areas around Walgett and you know once the kids knew I was from like my mom's from Walgett they were like what really you know like that's cool so it kind of gave them that hope to, you know to kind of aspire to be you know whatever they wanted to be regardless of what it was whether it was rugby or athletics or netball or soccer um, and you can really feel the impact as well because you know, I remember being a kid and I remember having, you know, role models come through our school and speak about their experiences and how they got to where they were. And it was like, you know what, they shared about, you know, the struggles that they've been through. So, they, you know, it wasn't just given to them easily. Like they had to work for it as well, despite, you know, the, cha- the challenges that they face as well. So it kind of, like, I personally felt that impact as well. So I knew that every time I'd go out to the communities and work with kids... And the more I share about myself, because, you know, they only see what they see on TV. They see a person playing for their country, but they don't know the journey. So I think that's really important as a role model, as an athlete, you know, or a figure to really go out there and engage with community because it gives them that that insight of what you've been through and what you've handled um, to be where you are today. It's not just given to us. So for the people that are out there struggling, they can you know, really be inspired by that story and be and feel that as well. It gives them that hope and, you know, just, yeah, it just opens their eyes. Well, thinking of, you know, your big role model as a, as a child being Cathy Freeman, and I think you, you wanted to be the next Cathy Freeman, didn't you? But, you know, you, you're still in it in a different way. And I'm sure you... Have you had other people around you uh, in the years since who you've been able to aspire to or or look up and admire them in your journey so when I started playing league and union um, I really loved watching Greg Inglis Um, Greg Inglis was a massive you know he was my role model when I started playing league because we both played the same positions and he played for the Rabbitohs at the time as well which was my team that I went for so I'd always looked up to Greg Inglis and I was very fortunate enough um, to work with him when I played for the Indigenous All-Stars so um, we went out to the communities and, um, you know, engaged with the communities up in Queensland before we played. And, um, yeah, I think that's something th- – that, that's the beauty of sport as well. Like, you you know, you might look up to people, but then, you know, you might cross paths and be able to do some work together. And it's just crazy how, how much of an impact it can make. 
And so you're repeating that impact, you know, with, yeah. with, with the young people as well. Do you find, um, you know, uh, just with the kids when you've been working with them, clearly, you know, and, and it's about individuals as well. Some will gravitate to others, but I, I would imagine that you would be a really fantastic role model for, for girls, for young girls in particular. Yeah, definitely. I think, like, me as well, growing up playing footy, because mm-hmm. um, when I played my first ever game for league, I was actually 10 years old, but I had only played, like, half a season and there was only me and one other girl in the team and it was all the boys, you know, being the only two females in the team, it was very difficult at times because the boys would want to do their own thing and, you know, it was kind of like, oh, you know, the boys wanted to do their own thing. So me and Jess, which was the other girl, would try and, you know, showcase our talent or, you know, use our speed to, you know, tell the, you know, prove to the boys we can play footy too. So I think going out into the communities and trying to, you know, encourage girls to get involved with rugby and you come across a different, you know, a different kind of variety of girls that mm. some, some are confident um, in playing rugby, some ain't. Um, some want to play, but they don't know how to. So I think just trying to, same as before, you share the story, um, talk about your experiences as being a female playing rugby um, and the challenges and how to face the challenge and how to grow a bit of confidence in doing it. Just really, you know, it, it gives them, the kids, the insight and the confidence to really push for themselves because they, they see it happen, they hear that it's happened, so they think, I can do it too. So it just really inspires them. So I think it's, it's awesome that there's a lot of females that are out there, you know, getting involved with the communities and, and showing the girls that they can play rugby too. You're listening to a cuppa and a yarn uh, from the New South Wales Aboriginal Land Council. I'm Michelle Lovegrave. I'm speaking with Mahalia Murphy. And we'll be back after the break. From the New South Wales Aboriginal Land Council, you're listening to A Cup and a Yarn. Just harking back to, you know, what we're talking about, um, I- inspiring uh, children, young people, girls and boys too. I mean, I- I'm sure that you attract admiration from everybody when you-, you go to assist kids in communities or go to speak at schools. Looking at intensity, is that something that you, I mean, I'd imagine you do when you talk to them and just go, look, you know, it's not for the faint-hearted, though. You've got to work hard. Yeah, definitely. And I think, like I said, you know, sharing the story as well and and the personal stories as well, um, that not just that I challenge but my family challenges as well. Um, So I think, you know, going out there and speaking to the kids, it's not about going, you know, oh, I'm a Harley Murphy, I play for the Australian team, you know, this is how I started and this is how I am today. I think, like, sh- you know, sharing those stories and the challenges and how to, you know, change your mindset in those situations to kind of push you through those times um, to get you closer to where you want to be um, is something that every kid needs to know because everyone's going to face the challenges um, in life and it's about how your attitude is to determine where you will end up in the future. So, you know, it's so easy for people to get distracted as well. Um, with influences and, you know, bad things happening around, you know, communities and stuff like that. So I think that just giving that insight on how much your mentality and the way you think and the way you choose your decisions is is a big factor of where you'll end up in the future. So it is very intense because, you know, everyone experiences different experiences through life and everyone has different lifestyles and, you know, different struggles to face and stuff like that. So I think, yeah, just encouraging the kids to to really have passion for what they want to do and mm. know that the opportuni- there are opportunities out there. Um, it's just about them having to work for it um, and to look for it because it's not just going to pop up all the time in front of your face. You know, you've got to work for it and look for it and seek it. 
um, yourself. You're inspiring me. <laughs> you'd, be, you'd be really good. Like, I, I'm sitting here just going, yeah, I can do it. Not be a rugby rugby player. <laughs> hey, I reckon oh, you could. Oh, no, no. I Thank reckon you, you could. You. Oh, my goodness me. Thank you. That's going to make my day now. But talking about that intensity with you certainly participating over time in sevens and fifteens, etc. We do have the very famous Ella Sevens coming up. You've taken part in that. You've played in that before, haven't you? Yeah, I've played a couple of times with yeah. Ella Sevens. Yeah. Yeah. What's it like? For you? It's very exciting. I feel. Mm. I personally feel like you know it's like another crew knockout, but a different code. Um, yep. yep. You know the mob gets together. They represent their communities. They represent their culture. They represent their families. So you can really feel the the pride in in the, in the tournament that the um, players have for each other and. You know, it's it's good because everyone can have a laugh and feel comfortable around each other. It's it's very different um, because you can see, you can feel and see the confidence in each other, um, and just the fun. You can feel the fun compared to, um, you know, my personal experiences like seeing people come from you know rural areas of Australia and then coming into an, a Sydney team. You know, especially an Australian team, they feel very. Um, not really intimidated, but not as confident. Mm-hmm. And I think that when, you know, when you see them coming into the LS7s comp or the Korean knockout and they're around their mob and they're around their, you know, the people, they can feel the confidence in themselves because they know they can be comfortable and they know who, you know, that, they, that everyone's pretty much kicked back and can have a laugh. Not saying that, you know, the mixed teams ain't, but, like, they just have that feeling of, you know, confidence and being, you know, around their mob. I think, like, yeah, the LS7s is, is just an amazing comp um, and it just brings everyone together, you know, and sometimes, you know, communities don't even connect that often um, and people don't connect to other communities so often, but when it comes to the crew knockout and the LS7s, you know, like, it just brings everyone together and you can just see the pride and the happiness and the excitement um, and the fun that everyone has playing in the LS7s. Everyone's there for the rugby, but it's more than that. It's much more than that. It's about it's about community, getting together, you know, all sorts of things. Yeah, definitely, and definitely, and you, and you can feel it when you're there as well. Um, it's just something else that you know. Mm. It's it's very rare to feel um, in different in different kind of comps and stuff like that. But um, you can just feel the pride and the happiness that everyone and the comfortability as well. Like everyone's comfortable around each other, and they can go out there and express themselves in the field. And I think you know. Our people are so well suited to rugby sevens as well. You know, a lot of natural talent that have speed, you know, known for a lot of speed and a lot of skill and mm. having that much space on the field as well. They're very well suited to the game. So as far as you go uh, at the moment, um, what, what are you... I mean, you were training your uh, your partner's mum this morning. What are you sort of doing on a daily basis? Um, so um, three days a week I'll be training. Yep. Um, and then on the days around that... I'll be working with communities as well, mm-hmm. um, but I'll, at the moment I'm just training, I'm basically training for the Waratahs at the moment, yep. the New South Wales team and the Super W comp, so we play um, on the weekends and they'll go for another six weeks and then um, the Australian Rugby 15s team starts to um, have their camps and we have six test matches this year, so that's my plan for the next month is just the Super W, training three days a week and working with communities. Mm-hmm. Just for people who, you know, you say I'm, I'm, I'm training three days a week, who sort of go, well, what does that mean? Can you just, just quickly run us through, are you training tomorrow? So yep. I'm training tomorrow, So yep. what would you be doing? Yep, so we'll get there around 5.30, um, mm-hmm. do a bit of a stretch and roll just to get our bodies, you know, moving. 
and then um, we'll basically do a check-in. So we have to kind of write, you know, weigh in or what we weigh. So it's just more for hydration. So what we weigh in um, prior to the, t- um, the training session and then we weigh out post the session. So then we see how much fluid we've lost in our body. So then we have to replace it. Um, so we'll do our check-in and then everyone will get strapped for um, the session. So, you know, a lot of people that have nigglies, they will strap up or you know, do some stretching for that part, you know, to activate their bodies. And then we'll have like a team meeting to run through what our session will look like and what we're looking at to do throughout the session and what, why we're doing that. And then we'll go out in the field, do our field session, run through um, back moves, you know, the backs will do their stuff, the forwards will split up and do their scrums and their line outs. Um, and then we'll come together and do like a team run. Mm. Um, and then after that, we'll do a gym session that will normally take around 45 minutes to an hour and then after that we have dinner together and then everyone just leaves and goes home. But again, it still sounds like it's pretty intense. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it definitely is. We spend about three hours together and it feels like ten. So, <laughs> But it's good. It's very enjoyable. Oh, fantastic. So that, that's the next month or so. Let's just say uh, this year for you. How's that looking? Yeah, good. Um, like I said earlier, like we have six test matches for the Australian Rugby mm. 15 team this year and we've got the World Cup next year. So mm. that's going to be in New Zealand, so close to home and um, just going to be very competitive for you know the, the Australian 15 squad um, to really put their hand up for the team as well. So I'll be focusing on those six test matches and hopefully get a spot in each six test match and then you know hopefully leading into next year, get chosen for the World Cup. So I'll be training really hard this year as well as working with communities. So... Yeah. With all of that, harking back to, you know, and it, I, I think uh, it was a particular article and interview that I read with you where it really sort of shone out your love for your mum with everything that your mum's been through, everything that all of you guys have been through because, because of that accident. Now for her, how does it feel for you? How did it feel for you putting on the gold? You know, I, I bet it was amazing. It was a very emotional day when she got to witness me play for Australia, the Australian League team, because um, with her conditions, it's very hard for her to travel. And she actually went up to Queensland and watched me play for the Australian League team. And um, her brother and sister, so my auntie and uncle as well, they came and watched as well. So, you know, to have my family in the crowd, especially my mum, because she's the one that's been there to support me throughout the whole journey, you know, taking me to my training sessions when she could um, and, and watching me train and, you know, always being in my ear about going to school. Um, just trying to be the best mother she could be, to be the best person I am today was just, it, it gives me chills to see her in the crowd and just, you know, it's very emotional because it's like my mum's watching me play for Australia, you know, the challenges she's faced to be where she's today and what she's done to give me the best opportunity to be the best athlete I could be to get as far as I am today. It, it never goes unnoticed, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that me and my mum sh- share that special, you know, that moment where we like, you know, She's always telling me, you know, you play for Australia, you know, you should be very proud of yourself. And I'm, I'm always like, yeah, but you're a big part of that. You know, so, you know, I give, you know, the thanks to you and, my, and you know, my family as well to, from supporting me the whole way. So it's, it's very, um, I'm very grateful for my mum. Do you ever remind her about that day when they said, let Mahalia play? She's like, no, 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 and then gave in. Do you ever remind her about that? You know, mum, look, oh, if you didn't give yeah. in. It's more mum. Mum brings that up. Yeah. Um, she's Does always she, like, okay. you wouldn't be there if I didn't say <laughs> yes. And I'm like, okay, you win. <laughs> Mahali Murphy, thank you very, very much for your time today. No, thank you very much for having me. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, all the best. And look, you know, I would love to, if possible, check in with you 
uh, maybe a bit later on this year as, you, as you're sort of heading into World Cup territory. Yeah, for sure. No All worries. Right. Brilliant. Sounds All good. Right. See ya. Thank you. Bye. You can do Nayaniya Bariya, Nayaniya Mana, Nayaniya Mana, 